Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the 119th Psalm, a tremendous psalm, longest psalm in Scripture, <laughs> longest chapter in Scripture, what, 176 verses long? And it speaks of the Word of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, all these, the testimony of the Lord, just a lot of ways describing the Word of the Lord. But not only just the word of the Lord, but how we relate to it and how it relates to us and what we do and how we live it out. And so it's extremely, extremely useful uh, to learn, to read, to meditate upon. And I encourage you to do it really for the balance of your life because it gives such insight every time you read it. So today we're going to pick up at, uh, verse 81. We've already looked at verses 81 through 84. Verse 81 is the beginning of a new stanza, so we'll start there, and then we'll really look at the last four verses of this particular stanza. Verse 81 begins with this. My soul languishes for your salvation. I wait for your word. Verse 82. My eyes fail with longing for your word, while I say, when will you comfort me? Verse 83. Though I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your statutes. And remember the whole idea behind that is <coughs> the wineskin held things, you know, water, milk, whatever it may be. And uh, uh, smoke causes your eyes to do what? To tear up. So he's literally saying, I have become like a wineskin full of tears. I am full of tears. That's the idea behind that. A very poetic way of saying it. Verse 84. Oh, anyway, but he says, even though I'm full of tears, I'm not going to forget your statues. Then verse 84, how many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? So he asked a couple of questions there. You know, how long am I going to live here, God? How long am I going to put up with this? And we're about to find out that uh, his life had been threatened and he had nearly died, the psalmist. And he's saying, Lord, when are you going to execute judgment against those that have persecuted me, those that have tried to kill me? Now, verse 85, the arrogant have dug pits for me, men who are not in accord with your law. <laughs> Boy, we get that a lot, don't we? And he's saying this, you know, these arrogant people, these people who are presumptuous, these insolent people, they dug pits for me. In other words, they have set traps for me. They're trying to catch me. They're trying to catch him physically. They're trying to catch him in a lot of ways. And he says, these are men who are not in accord with your law. They're going against your law. And he, he's, he's doing a little bit of a uh, uh, prosecutorial type of thing here before God. He says, God, how long are you going to wait to execute judgment on these? These guys are persecuting me. These guys are setting traps for me. These guys are not living according to your law. Verse 86, all your commandments are faithful. They have persecuted me with a lie. Help me. <laughs> Now, I love that. The psalmist just gets down to the two and says, God, I need your help. Because he says, I know all your commandments are faithful. All of them. And boy, the scripture is full of the, uh, of the commandments of the Lord and the help of the Lord. But he's saying this, they have persecuted me with a lie. You know, it's one thing to be persecuted by somebody uh, with the truth. When you've done something wrong or something they disagree with or something there may be. Uh, 
room to have a, a variety of opinion about, right? But he says, no, they are persecuting me with a lie. And I tell you, folks do that today. And, you know, it's always shocking to me when that happens, you know, just the bold facedness of someone who seeks to cause trouble to somebody's life, who seeks to persecute somebody with just a bold face, provable lie. In other words, it's provable that you're sitting there creating stuff and it's provable that you're lying. You know, we point to such things within political realms and things that we see on the news and uh, all that kind of stuff. And we point to it there and go, well, there you go. But I think it's really shocking when it's happening to you, when it's happening at that most intimate and local level, right? That someone is just making things up and they're just creating things. And more often than not is to make them look better. But we know the old adage, you never really build yourself up by tearing somebody else down. But what the psalmist is saying here, hey, they're persecuting me with a lie. And he's just flat out forthrightly saying, God, help me. God, help me. And, you know, the Lord hears these cries. Verse 87, they almost destroyed me on earth. Well, that's how we know right here that his life had been endangered. <clears throat> what does it mean to be destroyed on earth? this physical corporal existence, this body that we live in right here. He said, you know, they almost destroyed me. Now, did God not know this? Of course God knew this. But the psalmist is pouring out his heart before him and says, God, uh, they've nearly destroyed me right here. You know, how long is it going to be before you execute judgment upon them? These guys aren't living according to your law. They're not living according to your commandment. They're persecuting me. They're persecuting me with a lie. You see, my soul is languishing here. Remember that first verse? He said, I'm waiting on you, Lord. That's a good thing. The psalmist wasn't trying to expedite revenge or avenging what was happening. He wasn't trying to uh, come back with some righteous response to it the way he could cause harm to them. No, no. He's waiting upon the Lord. But he is saying, Lord, help me. How long is this going to be? They have nearly killed me. Then at the end of the verse 87, he says, but as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. And, you know, you, you, you can nearly feel this, uh, this tension right here. Let me read this verse again. Verse 87. They almost destroyed me on earth. But as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. It's like the psalmist is saying, man, I, I, was, I was tempted to. I was challenged to in my mind. <laughs> you know, I wanted to come along and take uh, my own avenging revenge against somebody. But you know what? Even though they nearly destroyed me from the earth, even though they persecuted me, but as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. I remembered your precepts. I remember your commandment. I remember your word. I remember your statutes. I remembered what you said about such things. Remember what God said? He says, hey, you don't, don't take this on yourself. Leave room for me to take care of these things. So the psalmist is saying, I'm leaving room for you here, God. Now the last verse, verse 88. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. So he started off this stanza right here, but my soul is languishing for your salvation. And this is not talking about salvation in relationship to eternal well-being. He's saying, God, I want you to rescue me from here. Verse 86 says it. I need, I need your help. I need your comfort, verse 82 said. Okay, I need you to come and to help me in the midst of this. At the end, he says, but God, revive me. And that whole idea of revival right there is bringing forth life into a situation to live. You know, a lot of times, out of, particularly out of our, most of our backgrounds, we talk about having a series of services called revivals 
where we try to get people to come in and to hear the gospel and be saved. Those are not really revivals. Re means vive is the you know means life to bring life to something. Revive means to restore and bring back the life to something that once had life. The psalmist is saying, "Hey, I, I once had life right here, but I'm being drugged down by this." So really, it's a misnomer when we talk about somebody being revived. The church can be revived. Uh, sinners cannot be revived. They need to be revived first, right? They need to be saved first. But he's saying this, revive me according to your loving kindness. Why is that? He says, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth, your mouth. He says, I want to speak, Lord, what you want to speak. I want the, what's it say in the 119th Psalm? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. I want to speak forth your word in every situation, even when I'm nearly being destroyed, even when my soul is languishing. Lord, revive me to where I can be literally the verbal vessel of your testimony. That needs to be our cry and our prayer today. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.